0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Room. I'm your host, Kyle, with the motherfucking gay. And today, we have two special guests, one returning and one who's new to the show. The new guest is the host of the Retro Futurist Culture podcast on the Ruminations Radio Network, Hoptimus. Hop, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm I'm excited. I love your show. It's good stuff. I appreciate that. This has been a long time coming, man. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's finally happened. And uh, so first, before we get into anything else, um, please tell the audience about your podcast, what you do, and what you're about. Uh, all right. Well, uh, the retrofuturist culture is an
1: exploration of pop culture themes that have to do with alternate timelines, time travel, alternate history, um, all kinds of fun stuff like that. And, and I can kind of make anything work to that advantage. But mostly we're talking about movies that tried to predict the future before the future happened or movies where they talk about alternate timelines and alternate themes. Um, It's just fun stuff to explore. And uh, I just, I had to give myself sort of a guideline. Otherwise I could just ramble on about anything on a show. So I made myself have this particular category that I find fascinating. And uh, it's been fun picking out subjects to work on, which is really, it gives you a lot to play with, but it just gives me a lens to focus it through. So. Yeah, kind that's of awesome. fitting
2: since we're in a, a bizarre timeline right now ourselves.
1: Yeah, so yeah, we're on know. we're on the six one six B timeline right now.
2: <laughs> so
0: fair enough, fair enough. I actually just listened to the uh, Transformers the movie episode. Never oh, that seen was, that was yeah, fun. I've never seen the episode, but just hearing you go, or the uh, the film, but hearing you guys talk about it actually made me want to go watch it. And I saw it at Zia Records, a four K version in a steelbook, and it looked pretty dope. Not gonna lie. I've been tempted to buy that 4K, but I don't own it yet. I might pull the trigger on it. But um, <laughs> I won't ask what your favorite sci-fi movie is of all time unless you have like a for sure answer. Oh, oh I do. do? Okay. I do. Okay, what is it? Blade Runner, Final Cut. Blade Runner, Final Cut. Great, great film. Do you like the sequel? Twenty. Yes, I do. That's, those are going to be on an episode at some point. I just wanted to make sure I, I do it right. That's awesome. And we're gonna break you in in a second with some uh, horror questions. But first, we also have Mitch, our Lord and Savior, the uh, host of Ruminations from the Red Room Podcast, and also the founder of the Ruminations Radio Network and the blessed editor of your cast, Ruminations of Red Room. Mitch, how you doing?
2: Hi, I'm doing well, man. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Uh, I love the the resume, and I love. The ruminations of red room man. I, I love, love
0: the Resident Evil. I love the Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> it's like he loves the
3: Google. I love
0: the Google. I'm glad you're back on. When is the last time we had you on?
2: What episode? Oh man, you? it's been forever. And then, of course, you. Uh... Now we won't talk about that about all the episodes. <laughs> 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 that well, you chose to purge.
0: <laughs> was some behind the scenes action going on, but no, it has
2: been a little while. It has been a little while, man. And as someone who lives the goth life, um, I, you know, I'd love. This podcast, I love horror, and I'm glad to be here chatting about it.
0: I appreciate that, and I'm glad you're back on. Hop, what is your first introduction to horror that you could remember? Oh God, that I can remember. Mm-hmm. So,
1: I'm at that age where I was a little kid during the '80s, and horror movies were just starting to like get really popular. I mean, early memories was seeing the original Halloween one and two on TV, like back to back. I really liked those and Friday the 13th and like ghoulies and just all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, I think probably the one uh the, the first one I remember was Halloween, just the music. You know what I mean? It just stuck with me as a kid. Poltergeist was another one. I, I don't know if you consider that horror or just thriller, but okay. it was scary They're to horror, me yeah. as a kid. Um. In the Friday the 13th movies I got caught up in the story of Jason Voorhees and I thought that was pretty cool um the first Hellraiser I remember seeing when I was about 11 years old and that scared the crap out of me I loved your Hellraiser episode by the way that uh, was good stuff um so yeah I mean I just kind of you know it was on cable and this was this was the uh latchkey kid era where you could watch whatever you wanted and your parents didn't know
0: that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> being able to watch Halloween on TV is it a uh- as it came on would have been one of the highlights of my life. So the fact that you got to actually see that happen is I'm a little jealous of that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, and then, okay. So you grew up with the greats. You're blessed to be able to grow up during that time frame. What is your favorite horror property? If you had to pick one, it could be games, movies, oh, comics, on, anything, dude, any what? horror property. Damn. You know, it,
1: it might actually be what we're going to talk about right now. going oh. to think of it like. Well, uh, the Resident Evil. Yeah, because I really love the games. <laughs> I really love the games. Um, I also really, really love the George Romero zombie movies. Those are like my all-time favorite zombie things. And Resident okay. Evil pays such homage to those. And then I just love Halloween by John Carpenter. And I'm loving the new Halloween trilogy that they've been doing working with him. So those would be my three.
0: I think. That's awesome. Okay. Um, I heard that Halloween Kills might be one of the greatest films. Mitch already made that
3: joke.
4: (laughs) Mitch already made that joke. I loved it.
0: And also with us today, we have my baby boy, The New Blood. Brendan, how you doing?
4: Uh, I am fantastic. A little bit cold. It's about uh, 15 degrees here. Uh, Absolutely freezing. But otherwise, I'm... uh, I'm doing all right. Just uh, cracked open a nice can of liquid death because I'm a little hungover. So, you know. Have you Bye. guys...
0: Has anybody <laughs> else drank the liquid death? I've yet? never heard of this. Yes. Okay. It's like canned water that's supposed to look like beer. So when you're at parties and shit and you're not trying to drink, you can blend <sighs> into the crowd without getting like chastised by people. But it does happen to be very delicious water.
4: It does. So- and, and uh, like I was... Telling you earlier, Kyle, uh, I just found out that they make flavored uh flavored water
1: Packaging is legit. <laughs> it looks yeah, like it some cheap liquor
4: packaging. <laughs> exactly. But my 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 favorite thing is on the bottom of each uh 12-pack, there's like limited edition art. Um, and some of that art is just super dope. I've cut it out and put it up on my walls. It looks a little trashy, but I'm I'm obsessed with it right now. So awesome. Awesome.
0: What have you been uh viewing playing lately
4: i've been playing a lot of deep rock galactic which is pretty much uh starship troopers meets minecraft um interesting yeah you've uh, almost
1: sold me on this i got a few friends playing and i've never heard it described like that
4: it's fun it's uh i wouldn't consider it a great game but it's like uh non-stop action and um I play the scout, which makes it a little easier for me, but there's, uh, there's some really bad mechanics of the game, but otherwise it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. I'd say, give it a shot. Okay. okay. Um, and, uh, payday too. downloaded I, that. Been I just that. downloaded that as well. I know you said you're going to play with me and then you ghosted me, but that's okay.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to happen. Yesterday was my birthday. I had to, you know, spend oh, some time with the lady, So Happy belated birthday, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate happy birthday. It. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, now, I got to ask because you gave it a pretty low rating on Letterboxd. <laughs> Brendan, tell me about your thoughts. Just quick, you know, elevator pitch thoughts of the butterfly effect with Ashton
4: Kutcher. <laughs> as as in high school, as like an edgy horror film kid, I loved the movie. I thought it was so cool and so Fucking great. And then I rewatched it the other day and uh, it just feels like edgy trash. Like they tried to do the edgiest shit they could just to try and make it stand out so that people didn't realize how bad of a movie it actually is. Um, and I think that my what did I say? On, oh, uh, this movie feels like what I assume a right wing Reddit users take on mental health would be interesting.
0: Interesting. I have not seen that movie in over 10 years, so there's very little I remember about it. But I also remember seeing it when I was very young and thinking it was, like, rad as hell. And it like, had the dude from that 70 show in it, so... Yeah. Um,
4: so. Okay. Anything and I I, also, to... I watched the second one right after that. Oh, I saw that. Um, and, Plus uh, your heart. <laughs> uh, I didn't think it could get worse than the first one, but I was wrong. That That's all I have to say. It's such a bad... like. It barely rides off of the idea of the first one. Instead of uh, using a journal, uh, he uses photos. But then nothing really happens. It's just a set of images placed one after another. And that's
0: all it is. I have no plans on ever watching it, so I'll take your word for it. Um, Hop, what have you been playing? Have you watched anything recently, anything new you want to talk about, or anything you're playing? Uh,
1: Lately, so for Christmas, I got the James Bond box set, and I've been working my way through all. I'm on the last Pierce Brosnan movie. It's been a really fun ride. I can't wait to get back into the Daniel Craig ones. I actually haven't seen the last two Bond movies, Mm -hmm. so uh, the box set didn't include No Time to Die, but I went ahead and picked that up. Wait. So, so you haven't much. seen? Was Spectre the one? Before? Yeah, I haven't you seen haven't that seen one yet either. For oh, whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. Um. Lately, what have I been playing? I've been playing a ton of Battle Garaga, which is this old shoot 'em up that got re released on uh, Xbox One. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, King of Fighters 15 dropped. The uh, if you're a fighting game fan, you need that game in your life. It is fucking amazing. And then I just reinstalled Cyberpunk because they added the new patch, and it runs and looks way better on the series x now than it ever did so i'm excited to go back to that game
0: i uh never played cyberpunk haven't yet i plan to it's Um, now definitely worth playing now it looks amazing though Okay. Yeah, and I saw it on sale for like twenty nine bucks until the third. I
1: think it's still so. on sale right now on the on the digital store.
0: Interesting. Worth I might it. pull the trigger on that. Worth yeah. it now. <laughs> it looks so good now. I was like, oh my god, I wish this would have looked this good a year ago. Okay. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> that- yeah, I've been also hovering over the buy button for that James Bond thing for like a year now. I so. caught it on sale, like super cheap.
1: It was a gonga deal. It was like two dollars a movie or something because there's twenty 25- five movies in the box that are $250 a movie or something. I got it for like 60 bucks. That's awesome. Yeah, it was definitely worth it.
4: Out of out of the ones you've watched so far, which one's your favorite?
3: Ooh,
1: out of all of them? Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna say right now, Living Daylights with Timothy Dalton totally underrated James Bond. I thought he did the character better than almost anybody as far as like how the character was written in the original books by Ian Fleming. I think that Daniel Craig's take is like in that same Venture, but Timothy Dalton does it a little bit better.
4: He was only—he was only two. He was in two. He was supposed to do
1: three. There was like a contractual snafu with the copyright, a bunch of stuff when MGM bought UA, and that's what delayed James Bond movies for like six years until Mm -hmm. Goldeneye. By that time, Timothy Dalton's like, "I'm out, man. You guys took too long. I'm walking away."
4: I'll have to check that out. He's—he's amazing.
0: Yeah. Is Tomorrow Never Dies as bad as I remember it? no i actually
1: just watched that that was so much fun and okay. uh sophia i'm gonna mess up her last name Miro, Miro, the one from braveheart damn mm-hmm. she's gorgeous
0: yeah she's smoke ass,
1: and she's a villain and you totally i could see totally falling for her like uh okay yes ma'am
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything you say <laughs>
4: okay
0: fair enough mitch have you been watching anything playing anything lately yeah, I
2: just picked up uh, uh, Power Slave, uh, Exhumed. Exhumed? Yeah, oh, and I that— I did get it. Oh, dude, it's really I taking know, me back I know, I played right the
1: Saturn one. I love yeah. that game. I love that game. Dude, when you were talking about that, I was freaking out. I was like, Mitch loves Power Slave 2. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) I never thought it would get a remake or remaster. Me neither. I didn't think enough people gave shit, so I was thrilled to see that. And I was behind the the eight ball on that. I didn't even get it when it came out. I just happened on an article. So I was like, oh, shit.
0: Went home, bought it immediately. I'll go out on a limb and say a lot of people probably haven't heard of that game. Um, What's the elevator pitch on that game? Um, It's...
2: First person action adventure in Egypt, um, with a little bit of a horror like twist yeah. to it, okay. uh, and then it's got this really over the top silly uh, voiceover from like the movie guy. The movie did like all the '90s era in um, world trailers. trailers. Yeah. yeah, one man, one cigarette. It's just you <laughs> and Tomb Raider and Indiana Jones, and you're going in alone. Just the way that it sets it up is like an old. Uh, almost like a tabletop story and like your admission, you know, it's just great puzzles and the artifacts that you collect to go back levels. has got that very Metroidvania style vibe and man, and it's just really, it's it was, stuff.
0: it was Metroid Prime before Metroid Prime came
2: yes.
3: out. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yo, you got me sold on this shit. Not going to lie. Dude, it's, it's on it's, Xbox. It's yep. Sick, Interesting. Sick. Okay. Egypt yeah. horror all those things dude i'm in
1: (laughs) just you're gonna have to set your expectations the graphics are like classic kind of doom oh that's fine yeah that's like ion fury if you played that
2: similar to that okay but it moves fast uh great weapon selection the power-ups are killer uh yeah it's good stuff okay cool map
0: check it out we'll check it out after this cast um i have been working a lot, so I haven't been able to indulge in a whole lot. Mulholland Drive, guys. Oh. Mm-hmm. I saw that you finally watched that. I was like, yeah, crap. Crap. for the first time. I don't know why I was going into this movie expecting for my mind not to be totally fucked and, like, raped.
3: <laughs> but,
0: um, yeah, it was... No no, uh, no, 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 no. You don't sing that. We sing It
3: feels like the first time. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. No, it, it was a good, it was a good fucked. Um, but, yeah, that movie is really, really good. And I haven't rated it on Letterboxd yet because I want to re-watch Lost Highway because I think I still might like Lost Highway more than Mahalo Drive. I'm not entirely sure, but I want to go back and I am probably could have watched Lost Highway tonight. And then I started playing Dying Light 2. Oh, yeah, I've been playing that. How are you yeah. liking that? I like it a lot, but
1: um, co-op is broken as in like you can't play with anybody longer than like 15, 20 minutes. And there's a couple other kind of weird bugs. I think I'm going to back burner it for a minute and hopefully they'll patch that out. But I love the gameplay. I love the story. I love the
0: movement. The combat's fun. Yeah, I kind of put it on the back burner as well. I think um, for a few different reasons. I don't like the style and the setting of this game as much as the first one. I really kind of miss the, the, like the first game had a way more interesting, um, setting. Like the city. Oh, okay. And, yeah. well, and protagonist. Yeah. The soundtrack was also better. They gave off like this very 80s synth rock, like day of the dead vibe.
3: And yes. I yeah. think they still, um, yeah. the
0: second one
1: has, has mm-hmm. a very carpenter esque synth kind of, soundtrack it's just kind of pushed down a little bit I think you don't hear because there's so much activity going on in the game
0: yeah it's pushed way down and I don't think that the um, like the overall city is as varied as far as like the terrain that you go you, over you haven't got that far it gets yeah it, it, it does open up
1: yeah huge
0: okay huge <laughs> is it as I hard as like, the first one uh yes i would say say if not a little harder honestly yeah
1: i actually think it's harder the one thing i missed the first game the one different big difference is the first game at night Nighttime in the first game was freaking scary yeah yeah i agree with that it's not as scary in the second game they actually encourage you to do a lot more night missions um because there's different objectives you can only do at night and they kind of changed how it works but in the first game nighttime was like oh crap I'm gonna crap my pants i can't make it back to the base ah.
0: yeah yeah they push a lot of unlocks and rewards that you can only get at night in the second yeah. one as opposed to the the first one the night was kind of just like a backdrop to like exactly <laughs> yeah which i actually enjoyed a little bit more but i put that on the back burner and then i've just been playing things like call of duty vanguard and stuff in my free time i started alan wake remastered again and i'm um, chugging through that as part of my uh Remedy, complete Remedy playthrough yeah. that I'm doing. That means you have to play Crossfire. Yeah, no, I'll pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass on that. I booted that up and played one match, and I immediately deleted it. So oh, I was like, well, there's, oh. there's... Remedy did the campaign. Okay. No, yeah, no, I know, but still, it's... <laughs> not pass. Um, pass. And then, uh, lastly, I did watch the first episode of uh, Peacemaker last night. Ooh, Woo! I've been meaning to. Yeah, so have you checked good. that
2: out? Is it? That's what I hear.
0: Yeah. I did enjoy the first episode. It was, I mean, it's James Gunn, so it, it was well directed. It was, it was written by him as well, so it was a good episode. It gave me um, very much, uh, what's the Amazon Prime superhero show?
4: The, boy the Boys. boys.
0: It, it's very much the, like, it feels like The Boys a lot as far as uh, the tone and the grittiness of it, but um, I'm enjoying it as far as the first episode goes. So, well. Today, we are covering Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, a 2021 film, but we're going to do a little, a, something a little different with the time machine, since this movie just came out last year, and uh, we're going to go back to the year that the original Resident Evil came out, 1996, 96. Yes, and that was for the original Sega Saturn, or, I, the only Sega Saturn, um uh,
1: playstation first technically
0: was it i thought it was yep. Sega saturn first no
1: playstation first
0: oh I, I i trust you on this one um future mitch hit that time machine please
3: <laughs>
0: all right guys so we're 1996 so we're gonna go over the top five highest grossing movies of that year uh you can chat about them if you'd like if you have anything to cover F- feel free. Number five is The Nutty Professor. The Eddie I... Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> number five, guys. Number Ooh. five. Not up there as far as Mighty Murphy films go, but number four is The Rock. That was a great movie. Ooh. That yeah, was a great fucking movie. Time. I actually just bought that <laughs> recently <laughs> for my yeah, that's a great movie. physical flex used... collection. Fuck, man. I used to watch it on TV all the time. Right? Yeah, all the time. Uh, number three is Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise starting off the reboot oh, yeah. of Mission Impossible. That first one was yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Number two is Twister. Yes. It's a fun movie. <laughs> <I> <laughs> it's fun movie. it's I one love of those movies that. when it's movie. on TV,
1: you just watch
0: it and you're just like, oh, this
2: is fun. You just stop and watch it. Yeah. That's what yeah, so it's always on Bill like, Praxton, man. Paxton, man. You asked something.
4: Yeah, you who Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, cast is great. Carrie yeah, like, always.
1: Can't beat the cast. Oh. oh my
0: god, no. Who's the main guy? That's Bill also Paxton. From, or no, oh no, I'm thinking of the guy from Jurassic Park. What the hell? Sam uh, Neil. Sam, Sam Neill, yeah. Who was
1: yeah who auditioned to be James Bond at one point
4: oh, oh I, I feel like he would make a good James Bond
1: yeah I guess everybody did except the producer who picked uh, Pierce Brosnan
0: instead yeah and the rest is history yeah
4: and the number one
0: was Independence Day oh come on i
2: know oh, come you on
0: <laughs> not really really <laughs> it's kind of
1: a
4: terrible movie
1: yes new guy is now my new best friend
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: damn it <laughs> okay hold on hold on because i remember watching this
0: when it came out i loved it saw it in theaters of course the world freaked out over it but like why like why don't like why do you think it's a bad movie I'm not saying it's a bad
1: movie. It's just, I don't know. It was just so formulaic and cheesy and I'll give I, it just, I just, yeah, I don't know something about it. Just, I just didn't like when it came out, especially when it came out, they're like, this is the new Star Wars. I was like, you know what? Fuck oh, you. Oh, that's
2: why. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you don't like it. Yeah. Pretty
0: much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that reason alone. Um, what was I, had, I saw it
2: six times in the theater. Six
3: times. <laughs> nice.
4: <laughs> What, wasn't saw, that like uh, right around the time that will smith was becoming peak. big yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that started, I, then I think i feel like people just assumed he was gonna save that movie when honestly i think he's probably one of the worst aspects about that movie
0: well no I had jeff goldblum too and he was coming off you of know Jurassic yeah, Park and stuff, yeah. jeff goldblum was amazing. the same character He's the same yes. character in every movie, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's not really an actor so much as just an entertainer. He's
2: a
3: personality.
0: Yeah. Not an actor. Has anyone seen the second one in a penis A2? No. No. I haven't either. <laughs>
3: <laughs> there it is. is kind
0: Okay. So along with the top five highest grossing films, we have the top five highest grossing horror films of 96. Yes. Let's go. Starting with number five, Thinner, the adaptation to Stephen King's novel, released on October twenty fifth, nineteen ninety six. Has anybody seen that one?
1: I saw it like on cable way back, probably in the nineties, late nineties or early two thousands. I don't remember much about it.
0: Yeah, they played it on cable a lot. That mo- that movie used to freak me the fuck out because like by the end of the movie he's just a fucking skeleton, and that imagery just right. used to freak me out as a kid.
4: Number four is The Frighteners. Oh, that's film? a good one, Peter Jackson. Right? That is a good one, Peter Jackson. Yeah. yeah, Peter Jackson. Yeah,
1: that's another one I saw back then, but I don't, I couldn't, I don't remember too much. I've been meaning to rewatch that actually.
4: I would say that one definitely over thinner. That one deserves a rewatch.
0: Number three is a Sony Pictures film, so like one we're covering today, and it's The Craft. Oh, that was fun.
4: I had a good time
2: with that. Of all... she, yeah. she was uh, right. a goth crush at the time, for sure.
0: I thought you liked the craft, Mitch, or am I tripping over that? What did I say about not liking it? No, I mean, like, I thought you like... I own it. It's in the collection. Yeah, I like. I liked it. I thought you were really into it.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I practice in my backyard quite frequently. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's probably what, that's probably what yeah, I'm thinking That's what of. you're remembering.
0: Yeah. Number two is Amir uh film from dust till dawn oh i
1: love Robert that yes. Funny movie. that's a yes. great movie that's fu- that's a lot of fun it's just pure cheesy fun and it really is vampires and selma hayek and it's all, mm. it's all good
4: mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> i i love how tarantino just wrote the scene of selma hayek and there, probably just so he could suck on her toes <laughs> Cause there, there's no reason for that scene to be in there, really. No,
0: yeah, and he's kind of a freak for toes. <laughs> and number one is another Miramax film. Give it to Maybe me. Maybe you guys have heard of it. Not Give too it sure, to but... Um, scream? Yeah, yeah. The OG. Right, yeah, buddy. But Scream 5 is better than the first Scream, right, Brennan?
4: Oh, come on. Don't do me like that.
0: <laughs> I mean...
2: Is my it? words, my words. Hey, no
0: spoilers, no spoilers.
3: no well, spoilers. Again, no spoilers.
4: again, I'm, I'm still up on the air. I'm still up in the air on my thought process of whether or not a requel can be better than the original. I still haven't made up my mind.
3: That's fair. Okay.
4: So let's get back here. We have the release of
0: Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. On November 24th, 2021, its widest release was 2,803 theaters. It was distributed by Screen Gems, also a Sony Pictures film. The budget was $25 million. It made $38 million worldwide. I didn't check the first Anderson Resident Evil film, but I'm sure that's a lot less as far as uh, how much it made back but um, directed by Johans Roberts, also known for uh, Strangers Pray at Night. He did the sequel to The Strangers. Yuck. <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, before we get into the film proper, let's go ahead and start with the source material. Um, Brendan, we'll start with you. Do you have any history with the Resident Evil franchise, the game <coughs> franchise at all?
4: Uh. To an extent, yeah, in high school, the only friend that I had, his name was Zach, he would come over every Friday night, and we would uh, drink a shit ton of Mountain Dew and play uh, <laughs> Kino Der Toten for hours. Yes! And then we, yes! I love you!
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: and then uh, when we would get bored of that, after about four hours, we would play Resident Evil 5, I want to say? That's I yeah. Yes, yeah. So we'd play Resident Evil Five um for a few hours. So that was the majority of like growing up. Um but once Resident Evil Seven came out, I kind of got reinterested in all of it. So um I watched uh playthroughs of the first one, then I played the second remake, the third remake, and the majority of the new one. Um but really? I I I I do really like it. Honestly. Okay.
1: Hop. Oh, man. Where to begin? (laughs) Let's hear it all, baby. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. PlayStation comes out. I didn't get one right away. But then they started getting some cool shit like Resident Evil, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, all these Ooh, cool great. like gothic horror things. I was like, well, I gotta get a PlayStation. Cause I was a Sega guy, like Mitch. Mitch and I were Mitch and I were mm-hmm. like Sega roommates, basically. Like we had the <laughs> same kind of Sega collections. It was we were nut bars for Sega. So I buy a PlayStation, they get Resident Evil. That was awesome. And then Saturn gets Resident Evil. So I bought the Saturn one. And then the Playstation gets another version of Resident Evil one, which is which was the the director's Mercury, cut. Yeah. So I bought that one. Mm-hmm. Then the Gamecube gets Resident Evil one again, you know what I mean and it was like back and forth, but yeah, I've played all the Resident Evils except for six I play and I actually didn't finish five either because it was too actiony for me it wasn't scary it wasn't mm-hmm. like
2: I don't feel as bad now hearing these this
1: <laughs> right cool. so I kind of stopped I mean, my my favorite in the whole series is probably two um and the remake the original of two, or the remake you know what Uh, I'll have to say the original because I fucking love that game when it came out, but I did really love the remake of two, but I just finished village not too long ago and I really loved that game. Oh my God, that game was phenomenal. It made me very happy in all the right Resident Evil ways. That's definitely my favorite of the recent games. I liked 7, but it scared the fucking shit out of me. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) That game was scary as fuck. I was so glad to be done with that game. I was like, I'm never playing this game again. Bye.
4: So what you're saying is you didn't do a knife-only run-through of it. Fuck no, dude. Are
1: you nuts? (laughs)
4: Oh, I did. Of 7? Yeah. Oh, that's nuts, man.
0: No way. You can speedrun that one now, can't you, Kyle? Yeah, the fastest I've beaten that game, I think, is, like, an hour and 28 minutes. That's
3: awesome. Oh, my God. I could be wrong. Through the boat? You got through the ship like
0: that? Yeah, it's really close to, like, in between, like, an hour and 20 to, like, an hour and maybe 35. Come visit
1: and play it for me. Wait, what's that? Are you using, like, turbo
0: triggers to do that? Like, how are you? (laughs) No, that's... I can do that with the knife. That's crazy. On easy mode, though. On easy mode, but... Okay. That's awesome.
2: Mitch? Yeah, much like Hop. Like, it started with the first Resident Evil. I, I uh, had my Saturn, was loving it, and actually a, a guy that we both knew at uh, local media, used media place, Bookman's, uh, Neil, turned me on to it. He's like, what do you mean you haven't played Resident Evil? I'm like, what's, what's that? Resident, <laughs> oh, Resident yeah.
1: Evil. Neil will dick slap you if you haven't played Resident Evil. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: And I, I got that dick slap right there in the store. It was, it was humiliating. Um,
4: Neil sounds like a great guy
2: he's a great guy he is yeah uh he dude i bumped into him at uh, loft last time i was in town oh wow uh, yeah it's been that long but anyway uh yeah loved it I, I took it home i was like all right fine let's give this a shot and i had never had such an emotional reaction to a game as i did that first resident evil <laughs> and uh the fell in love and played everyone that came out just like hop was saying oh you got a reissue it's got like Two new weapons in it. I'll, right. it. I'll buy that. Too. <laughs> oh, what? There's like five extra seconds of a CG cutscene. Okay, I'll take that copy too. And um, my favorite was Code Veronica by long ways because I loved Ye the boy,
1: cast. Yeah, Ye. boy.
2: Yeah, and that was probably a little bit my Sega fanboy coming out just because I was like, oh, this is the real Resident Evil three. Um, I loved it, and I've played and beaten all of them up to those current ones that are just too goddamn scary
1: eight's not no no okay eight is not n- nowhere near scary seven no, eight so is awesome to eight because is i was a gonna ask
2: like Kyle to play it for me like i'm like yeah. no, dude let me just watch it you play it and let me just watch because jesus i i started seven um, seven yeah, it's and, yeah, it was scary, dude. Way too scary. Like, yeah. okay, <laughs> it was
1: way too real for me. I was like, nope. I'm, I, but, I, but I powered through it, dude. I did. I was
2: starting to. I should have. I should have made it all the way through. So, dude, there a was fan one, man.
1: one day I was playing and I screamed so low. My wife was like, what
3: the hell is going on in here? I'm like, sorry, it's crazy. This crazy old lady trying to burn me alive. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, but,
0: so I, I pulled. Po- I've told the story before um, on the cast, but I, I mean, this is where everything started for me, for zombies and everything. Yeah. So not just gaming and Resident Evil, but just zombies in general and horror. Um, I was obsessed with the original trilogy, one through three. The first one I played was two. I was about 10. And then <laughs> I, mean, I went-
1: couldn't have picked a better game to start with. As, as good as one was, two was way better in every aspect as a game.
0: Yeah, and at the time I was so young, I didn't have you know disposable income or anything, so I just played whatever I got. And um, one year I got as a gift—I can't remember if it was like Christmas or a birthday or something—I got Resident Evil 2 as a gift, and fucking changed my life completely, like literally changed my life. And uh, after beating that, like I like I used to be so obsessed with Resident Evil 2 as a kid that I would uh, take blank tapes and. Put them in the VCR and hit record every time a cutscene happens so I could rewatch all the cutscenes without having to play the games. Wow. I made like a little Resident Evil 2 videotape. Um, and then I found out, I was like, whoa, wait, this, of course, this is two. There's a first one. And then I went back and started playing one and fell in love with that. And uh, two is probably my favorite as well, the original. But I will say, what broke through the other games, I would, like, I, I would, I might say Resident Evil Seven is my second favorite Resident Evil game. Dude,
1: it's good. It's just so fucking scary. Yeah, (laughs) it's so good though.
0: So, well, actually, to back up just a little bit more, um, because I was so young and the games transitioned from PlayStation to Nintendo, I wasn't able to buy a GameCube, and I remember selling my PS2 and my entire collection to get a GameCube just for Resident Evil Four. Whoa! Because I was, you know. I didn't have a job, I was really young, and it was like, you know, Christmas was ways away probably, or, you know, that's, like, the console was hard to get. But um, I remember seeing, I was like, dude, Leon's back,
3: what the yeah, fuck? That and the graphics was so at good the when it came insane,
0: out. Mm-hmm. And the combat looked like, well, I mean, at the time, it was revolutionary, and it, it set, you know, the gameplay standards for a lot of survival horror after that. But that being said, I sold my entire PS2 collection, which was probably like 25, 30 games, sold my PS2 just to get the one game. And man, dude, that game, I played the shit out of that game. But Resident Evil 7 specifically, I played for the first time ever playing it. I played it from start to finish in PlayStation VR. Oh, and it no. Are you are nuts, dude. <laughs> dude, dude. But for me, loving the series and loving just horror and getting scared, I was like, dude, you're telling me I get to be in this. I get to be oh, in a Resident Evil for like shit, 10 dude. hours. <laughs> so, like, it was one of the, I think it is the coolest experience I've ever had with gaming, is playing that game for the first time from start to finish in VR. It was, dude, it was so cool. I'd have probably thrown up. God, it was so cool. But um yeah, so that's where we're at now. And uh they just released Resident Evil 8 Village, loved it. Oh, um, I loved
1: Village. Village reminded me a lot of four, and I I loved it. I, I had so much fun exploring that game. So much fun. So yeah. good.
0: And the lore they added to it too was yeah. really cool. And it actually, you know, it made seven even cooler. Yes so like so you guys are selling me on it there when you
2: add the the depth of adding lore and adding more to it because that's why i loved veronica i loved the extra story the extra lore that went into the origins of umbrella and the ash oh they and
1: get all those things yeah they get more into that with eight for sure
0: oh yeah that's cool
2: that's cool. they talk mm-hmm. about like
0: origin status like before mansion and all that kind of
2: yep. stuff oh, we'll so, see. Yep.
3: Oh,
0: um eight's definitely mitch definitely
1: worth playing seven watch a video on if it's too scary i understand (laughs) eight is definitely worth playing though eight is not nearly as scary
0: but today we're talking about the film adaptation so we'll start off with everybody's spoiler free kind of thoughts of the movie what they thought of it what they liked about it and um ending with whether or not you would add it to your collection or not also if you want to say where you streamed it or how you watched it um, that'd be cool Uh, Mitch, we'll start with you on this one. Um, how did you stream, watch, uh, what did you think of the movie and would you add it to your collection?
2: All right. Spoiler free free as best I can. Let me just say that I am a resident evil fan, like the whole franchise movies, games, the whole thing. I know that we've all kind of said that, but I just need to reemphasize that because I actually still enjoyed the first run of Resident Evil films, whatever 12 of them there were.
3: Uh, (laughs) I had a great time with those movies, man.
2: Like, and I want to get later into a discussion about, you know, fandom, like how, how close we have to keep to a certain or like where the origins are, you know, when you take inspiration from, and then kind of translate it into a movie. So this movie, um, overall, yeah, it was, it was Resident Evil movie. Um, What's the question? <laughs> Look, man, it was it was a good time. Um, I thought there were some interesting character choices in both their uh, the way they were depicted and the way that uh, the characters were portrayed versus what were in the games. And that's fine. There's always going to be a little bit of change there. I I liked the angle they went with for how the virus or how people were transformed, how that happened, how Raccoon City broke down. Thought that was pretty cool. Uh, visually it had a much grittier look than the other Resident Evil films, which I also kind of liked. It was heading that direction. Cool, cool, cool. And, um, I absolutely would add it to my collection, which I actually haven't yet, but I will. I am going to add that to my collection. I Ooh. did just, I rented it on iTunes, uh, cause I didn't get a chance. It was snowing here and we were kind of, there was too much snow. I was like, ah, I'm not going to go out and buy it yet. I'm going to uh, stream it. So yeah, good stuff.
0: Brendan. Where did you stream it? How did you watch it? What'd you think? And would you add it to your collection?
4: Um, let's see. Where I think I rented it on Amazon. I want to say that sounds about right. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's definitely more of a popcorn flick, I think. Um, but from based on my memory of the playthroughs that I've seen in addition to the ones that I've played. Uh, it doesn't seem very canonical. It just kind of seems like they were taking references from the games and just kind of putting them in a blender and uh, just kind of throwing references out there on top of a game, uh, on top of a movie with Resident Evil set locations and characters. Um mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. The references that I was able to pick up, I really enjoyed. I was like, "Oh, hey, I get, I get that," you know. Um, but uh, it was enjoyable. Definitely not. I I don't want to say it was a badly put together movie. It's just certain times they were like, "Okay, we need to get this shot." Place the camera down, and then other times they're like, "Let's make this look nice." Like when um, uh, Neil McDonough picks up the phone when he gets that that call at the beginning oh yeah and it shows
0: like the the kid and the mom in the bedroom
4: yeah there's like that really beautiful split diopter shot and it's like this looks really good and then the next 20 minutes is just generic setting the camera down and letting the action happen
3: yeah
4: um but yeah so i it's it's enjoyable to an extent and would you add it to your collection uh If they're going to make more, yes. But if it's just a one-off, then probably not. Fair enough.
0: Ha, talk to me. Uh, So, yeah.
1: Oh, wow. Where do I go with this? Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of
2: places to go, man. Right? Right. So,
1: (laughs) I mean, I watched the preview and I was like, okay, this looks a lot more like... Closer to the game story-wise than the Paul W. S. Anderson movies that had Mila Jelovic as hot as she was. Those movies had nothing to do with the games for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I got online, Kyle. You were so gracious to invite me to talk about it. And I was like, you know, I haven't picked it up yet. And I went on Amazon. I was like, oh, well, I can get this for like twenty bucks. I just bought the Blu-ray because it came with a digital code, and I was like, what the hell, man? It's, if I want to watch it again, great. So I bought, I physically bought it. So there you go. I have, I own it. I watched it. I enjoyed it, but it's not a good movie.
2: Um, I'm picking up what you're putting down.
1: <laughs> there's, <laughs> they cram too much stuff from the first two games, and I feel like, like if you've played the games, you understand what's going on. But I bet somebody that's never played the games would be completely effing lost. Um, there's a lot of cool homages i love like a lot of direct shots come right out of the resident evil 2 remake which the director said he loved so i can see
0: that a lot of shots actually
1: yeah some of the casting was okay some of the casting i didn't really like like i didn't really like the guy that played leon that much i didn't like the girl that played jill that much wesker was okay chris was okay costume designs were trash zombie effects were good Visual effects, for the most part, for a lower budget movie were pretty good. They did a lot of cool things that I liked, a lot of nods, tons of Easter eggs, Yeah,
3: but it still
1: felt like kind of like a fan film that Sony paid them to do and not like a real film. I would have rather they split the stories up, got some better costumes, maybe some different casting choices, really give it a serious take, and then go through it. Would I recommend it to general horror, horror audiences? No. Would I recommend it to giant fans of Resident Evil? Probably. You're going to get something out of it. There's some neat stuff. I think um,
2: that puts a real good point on it, man. Yeah. I, I, I feel that.
1: I do. I mean, there was a very, like, almost John, at moments, very John Carpenter-esque, which I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. And then another, honestly, nothing in the movie scared me at all. There was not one mm-hmm. thing. I was like, oh. I was kind of let down that nothing scared me. Cause did the seven games scared the fuck out of me, dude. <laughs> I was like, really? Uh all right, my rant's over. Thanks, Kyle.
0: No, it wasn't a rant. I <laughs> I don't know if I could say it any better than that, because I mirror you almost a hundred percent. Um I bought the movie on four K. I had a rewards thing for Best Buy, so I got the movie for ten bucks. So I was like ten bucks. I'm gonna rent it for five ninety nine anyway. Fuck it, I'll spend the extra right. four bucks and just buy That's it. That's kind of what I did too.
1: I was like, ah, if I've rented, I might as well have watched it three times. I'll just buy it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got it for for ten bucks on four K, and I. <laughs> it's hard to not sound identically like you right now, huh? But I'll try. <laughs> I'll, I'll try my best to sound a little different. Um, I enjoyed the movie. It was entertaining in some parts. But do I think it's a good movie? No, I don't. Uh, I think that there was a lot of the main oh, okay, so let me back up. The main problems I had with the movie were from a perspective of a Resident Evil fan, so I tried to detach my fandom as much as I could mentally while watching the film to see if I would recommend it to just a casual audience as a horror film, and I think I could I think I could re- recommend the movie to a casual audience if they are in the mood for a popcorn action type movie? But as far as the casting choices, I think it was almost abysmal. Um, I think Chris did okay, and I think the main problem with the rest of the characters are the way they took the overall motivations of the source material and changed the characters. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest problems I had was with Wesker. And it's hard for me not to compare it to the game, but his story arc in the original source material is so complicated. And also um, it's, it's got a lot of backstory to the lineage of umbrella and, you know, the main antagonists of the movie And in this, he's kind of a throwaway character. And I'll get into more of that when we get out of spoilers. But I do think some of the effects were cool, even though the CG kind of showed through at some parts where I think they could have just gone practical. Um, I thought the monster design was all right. I actually thought I was going to hate the tyrant at the end of the movie. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't that bad.
1: No, it was all right. The liquor was pretty dead on. The zombies looked good.
0: I actually had a problem with Lisa Trevor the most, probably out of all mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Um, but would I would I recommend the movie to a casual audience? Yes, if they're in the mood for a particular type of horror movie. Would I recommend it to horror or uh, to Resident Evil fans? Yes, also because, like Hop said, they're going to get something out of it and be somewhat entertained. Uh, and I did add it to my collection, but I don't think it's not the Resident Evil movie I want. And, but it's the Resident Evil movie I got. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'll take it, I guess.
4: But um, it's also not the movie that the trailer made it out to be.
0: No, this is another another example of how like a trailer can make the movie look a lot
4: better than the final I don't think product. I ever saw the trailer because what was the song they used a song for the trailer? It was one of those what? like slowed down yeah. pop songs. Yeah. Mm. And, like, from that alone, I was sold. I was like, this is going to be insane. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be dark. And you just kind of get this.
1: Well, there there are moments, like sequences we are now in getting f- into spoiler territory we yeah there, there are now in sequences in the film that are like dead on to the games like with the trucker
4: the, yeah the like trucking. there are
1: little moments where you're like oh that's they fucking nailed them then there are moments where like they're in the diner and jill's stealing wesker's hamburger and i'm like this is bullshit right
4: here
2: like what is this <laughs> what is happening <laughs> yeah and why is there I, some type of romantic link between yes jill and wesker what
4: did yeah. Do you think that they added that scene just so that they could do the Jill sandwich joke?
2: Yeah. I think so. I yeah. do think
3: so. Because
4: it felt so out of place. Like, Leon is asleep for the first half of the scene. And, like, it, it just felt so, like, forcibly put in there.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about the setting, which is Raccoon City. Now, it's going to be hard not to talk about the original source material, but... There's also for people like Brendan who don't have a lot of history with Raccoon City. Um, there's a question I want to ask him too. But what do you guys think of them changing it? Because the original game had—I looked it up just because I was curious—it um, had a population of about a hundred thousand people in the games. So, and in the games, especially during the breakout at the beginning of Resident Evil Three, and you know, flashbacks, it it shows a lot of people. The remake of Resident Evil Three, for example, like the whole. It's a very populated city. It's not this dead town where only the poor live there now. They can't make it out. Like, it's not like that in the game. That was so, someone
2: trying to make some type of a statement. That was a, I think like, that was
0: a, like a budget thing.
2: Oh, probably.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what and, I was
2: about to say. Uh-huh.
1: That's exactly what I think that was.
0: I feel like they didn't want to cast a lot of extras. And I feel like, to me, that kind of destroyed the believability of the city and also the uh, like the impact that it's really having on the community. There was no community, and Raccoon no. City is big on that. So what do you guys think of the setting of Raccoon City, how it was depicted? Hop, we'll start with you. Um, I think visually they captured a lot. I mean, he, he blatantly borrowed shots
1: right from the RE2 remake. Like, mm-hmm. that stuff looked good. The rain, like it was at night. All of that was good. But yeah, there was nobody around, which was weird because if you played the originals and the remakes of two and three, there's people everywhere, like running from zombies and cars on fire. And everybody's going, Oh shit, help me. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. There was like nobody around except for the few cops that were left. Yeah. And where were all the cops? They're all gone. There's no cops. The only cops there are the the ones in the movie. There's no one. There's no one. (laughs) Yeah. And I think again, low budget. Like, I think that's what, what really, uh,
2: kind of, but it impacted the tension without those things. There's no real threat. It's like, like it's just the heroes. And so I think that, that right. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, uh, the, the most people were the people that were turning into zombies outside the police station, which that shot looked really cool. And it was neat how they were slowly like losing their hair and like getting more translucent and freaking out. That was all good. Like I had no problems with the zombie, makeup or zombie effects or the zombie movement but um yeah there's definitely something lacking in the city itself visually though like he nailed a lot of the shots that was cool i liked it but i feel like they took too much of the story and tried to shoehorn it into this one movie and that mm-hmm. root, that kind of without any build-up so you have no build-up of why this is happening and so it's not scary. And it, and
0: it's kind of like a highlight reel at one yeah. point. <laughs> to me, I like I feel like it's kind of a cop out. Like he kind of did the same thing with The Strangers too as well, where they go to this like um
4: I forgot what it's called, but like one of those it's, little c- community It's like a you, trailer park community thing.
0: Yeah, but you could rent it and stay there and camp there and stuff. Yeah. But it's, you know, quote unquote off season, so they don't have anybody staying there and that's, you know, the explanation on why the only characters in the movie are, like, the four people. And it feels like he did the same thing with this. He kind of changed the entire story structure of the setting to fit why, like the narrative on why there would be nobody in the town. Not a single person on the street. Not a single person driving in a car. Like, just nothing. And I don't know. I, I really, that took me out of it probably the most in the movie. Um, do you guys have any scenes in particular that stood out? Mitch, we'll start with you. Uh, No, not really. I mean, I think that
2: you guys keep going back to some really, you know, important things. The fact that they, as far as a fan of the franchise, the the locales had a lot of nice callbacks. Some of the scenes and just the shots were done well that made you recall that. But again, if you're looking at it from the perspective of someone who's not a fan, it doesn't have that kind of impact. There's no recognition. There's no nostalgia. So it's kind of, it falls flat for maybe someone like that. But um, let's see, like as far as just a good scene, I guess it's bad news for this movie that I can't even recall one that really stands (laughs) out. Like it's like, it's just kind of watching it, it just kind of like went through the motions and nothing really blew me away. Maybe you guys will have to remind me of something that was actually impactful.
0: Anybody else want to go?
1: Um, over a couple of parts, I thought were cool. the The way the liquor showed up was cool. It was an interesting take on the way they did it from the game. Uh, I also really liked the mid credit scene. Massive spoilers! If you're listening right now and you don't want to know anything, stop. But where Ada Wong showed up and then Wesker yeah. got the glasses, that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, those were probably the two bits that I I liked the most in the movie.
2: That makes me ask you, though, that, like, where is that balance between, like, just serving up fan service and making something that is inspired and and well done, you know, like, that is actually taking the franchise to someplace new or someplace that, like, actually furthers the story or the universe or the, I don't know, the spirit of the original thing. Like, I love the, the Ada Wong part, too, but... I don't know. Is that enough?
1: But only, yeah, but I mean, really, I love the Wong part because of my love of well, the games, right? So it was yeah. like. For somebody who hasn't played them, they're going to be like, okay. Who's, yeah. the, who's the Asian chick? Why did he get that thing right? They're going to be like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It was, uh, that's why I really can only really recommend this movie for fans of the games. If you're not a fan of the game, you're
0: probably going to be pretty lost.
4: Very lost. Yeah.
0: Hey Brennan, you got any scenes?
4: Yeah. Um so the the two things that I really enjoyed, uh, and this is just a small scene, but um the, the itchy tasty scene. That where, was great too. Where where <laughs> that the, was a the nice homage to the yeah, first game. Yeah. yeah. And then and then her son like scurries into the yeah. room. Yeah. That was the one moment where I was truly scared in this movie. Um that that little kid freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> um and also any scene with Neil McDonough, I'm I'm obsessed with him. I don't think that he can do any wrong. Um he's absolutely amazing. I, I did think it was funny though, when Claire and Chris were kids in the orphanage, that wig that they put on Neil McDonough so bad. made made him look older than he looked in the present day <laughs> scenes <laughs> i just thought that at that point i was like just let him keep his hair like the man hasn't aged in 40 years in real life so just let him take that on um but uh kind of going off something that that hop said earlier and uh you just reiterated it someone who who hasn't played the games would be so lost and i think that that's most prevalent in the Lisa Trevor character. Right. Um, That felt like such a throw, because if I'm correct, in the game, she's an antagonist, right?
0: So in the game, she's only in the Resident Evil 1 remake that appeared on the GameCube and got mm-hmm. re-released to newer consoles. So she's only in the one game, and it was a part of the remake. And she is an antagonist, yeah. She's like an experiment that lives under the mansion, and she's... She's only antagonistic because of her history and what's been done to her. But originally she was, you know, just a normal person. But yeah, no, she's she's a bad guy.
4: Yeah. So which is why I thought it was weird that that they turned her into a protagonist.
1: Like a more sympathetic character. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Cause like we're watching a horror movie. We really don't need that. Like, I wanna see this character try and fucking kill Claire and Leon or yeah yeah that's who yeah um so I I thought that that was weird fan service because it didn't quite go along with what you were to expect of that character
0: that happened to a lot of the characters yeah. in this movie yeah. though like
1: can i just it... say like the guy that was leon was basically <sighs> carlos but with a different yeah. name they like when totally messed it, that I up i was
0: gonna be yeah right yeah, did my boy <laughs> like, leon dirty and then right i yeah. did not
1: really care for that casting at all i also thought that joe was was miscast the other ones i was okay with my biggest complaint was the Costume design looked like it was out of a high school play. Like the it stars' uniforms
3: so were
1: really bad. I was like, "Oh my gosh, wow!"
0: <laughs> yeah. So like Leon, he's the hero of Resident Evil Two. He's you know the cream of the crop in you know the police academy, uh, the top of his class. He, he goes to. He, he's a dunce in this movie. Badass in four badass, literally badass in 4. He, they make him a joke in this. Yeah. And I don't know what the creative choice was behind that. Well, they were like, oh, he's the rookie,
1: blah, 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 and I could sort of see that, but it was like too much.
0: And then with Wesker, he's probably the smartest person in the games. Mm-hmm. He's he's the most intelligent intelligent person in this cast of characters, and they made him like a I'm, he, I'm just doing this to get
4: out. The, he should have been.
1: He should have been Chris. Yeah. I think he would have worked better as Chris. For That's Resident Evil 1, Chris was kind of a meathead in Resident Evil 1. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's talk about also how they combine the narratives of 1 and 2. Uh, do you guys think that they should have made two separate movies? Could they made Could they have made one movie of just the mansion? I think could, so. Could yeah, they have drawn it out? What would have that like? What would that look like to you guys? Where I, I would go,
3: yeah.
1: I mean, I would go with like the city being maybe like a distress call, and the stars show up at this mansion. And I mean, you think about like Night of Living Dead One. Almost the whole movie takes place in that house.
3: Mm.
0: I think they could have pulled off something like that. Yeah, I think the mansion part was probably the best part of the movie in my opinion. It was the closest thing to the source material. Uh it had really cool shots. Actually like the uh the scene where Chris is firing off the gun in the yeah. dark. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that was and great. Kinda, like the muzzle is lighting everything up. I think. No, like, I mean, the movie's cool.
1: a great highlight reel for the games. It's just not mm-hmm. a great movie.
0: Yeah. They
2: could have done a really great... One of the things that I liked about the first game and could have been done with a film is you have a classic haunted house yes. movie going yeah. on. Yep. And it's slowly revealed that there's this sinister plot and company behind it. Right. And, have, and then it turns into a zombie movie. And that would have been a, I would watch that again and again.
0: Yeah, they could have easily separated these. I don't know why they wanted to combine the two, but it kind of left it for a messy, you got like rushed film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the uh, truck scene where it crashes in front of the RPD and the zombie on fire walks out to Crush by Jennifer Page, nothing. <laughs> You guys got for that? No love? Oh, Are I like
1: no, <laughs> I like that too. I said to that in the beginning. That was one of the coolest. Like, hey, we borrowed this directly from the game shots. Um, yeah,
2: really liked the introduction of the zombie dog in this. And, and yeah, that and, was pretty, that was a cool move. I liked
0: it.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, another scene I enjoyed was the uh, one where the police chief irons was at the roadblock, and they were actually showing like a presence there.
3: Right. There were actually other people in the
0: movie. Yeah, yeah, there were actually, like, extras in the film. And uh, you got your shot of Hunk, um, even though he wasn't used very well. He was the the guy in the gas mask. But um, Oh, that's right. Yep, yep, they showed Hunk. And uh, it's kind of interesting because this director loves showing violence on screen with the backdrop of a very, like, poppy song. (laughs) Yeah. He did the same thing in The Strangers too yeah, when uh the, yeah. the, pool the scene. uh like like the dad's getting killed in the car and it's playing Cambodia by Kim Wilde. Um and then the pool scene where they're playing total eclipse of the heart by Bonnie Tyler to him getting killed in the pool. They do the same thing here. I think it was Journey, uh that yeah. was when the whole car was getting yep. shot up and he was trying to get out. And then the crush scene, obviously. But he's a it seems like he's a fan of uh pop that kind of death uh, scenes yeah 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 the other thing that was
1: like majorly missing like a huge part of the tension in the second game is tyrant he's not even in this movie
0: it's true it's true i mean it, technically um william birkin is somewhat of that of the tyrant but not like the first movie's tyrant yeah
3: though.
0: Right. sorry go ahead brennan
4: Oh, uh, because you're talking about the William Birkin creature. There was one moment that I thought was really neat with that when, uh, who shoots at him? I wrote it down somewhere. Uh, someone's shooting at him and they specifically aim for like the eyes that Mm -hmm. are, that have grown. I thought that that was a nice little, that see, that's a nice subtle reference. I think that they should have used more things like that, um, because if you've played the game, you realize that, you know, that's something. Um, so I, I thought that was a nice little interesting addition that they did. So I've only seen the
0: first two movies of the Anderson Resident Evil guy, or Same. Resident Evil movies. <laughs> Same. How do you think, Mitch, we'll probably go with you and Brendan if you've seen them. How do you think these stack up against this? Do you want to take that, Brendan?
4: Uh, I would say that I think the first two. Are better than this like if i had to rank it i would I go one two then raccoon city um and then everything else would just be in the trash <laughs>
2: um what i really liked about those uh anderson movies was the fact that there were little easter eggs there were little hints and yeah you had some characters that shared names from the movies but those are definitely what i i consider inspired by the resident evil universe they weren't trying oh, to translate the games directly yeah. and they were just fun and i'm I'm not gonna apologize for, it was an alternate timeline Yeah. nice yeah you could say it was an alternate timeline um but yeah and just for a callback to the beginning of your episode man i checked on that and uh, that first resident evil film brought in 102.4 Damn! So Ooh, big different way. I think it was, it was marketed
1: it. huge. They had it was Mila huge. Jonovich and Michelle Rodriguez and James Pierfoy. I mean they had a they had a cast that was pretty well known at the time and the game was pretty popular. I mean 2002, the first game was ninety six, second game was ninety eight, and then I think Resident Evil three and Resident Evil Zero had come out. And I think even Code right, Veronica been, yeah. Code Veronica was out by then yes. right the only one we I hadn't mean, played right. yet was 4 so Resident Evil was a pretty hot property when they did that first movie
2: yeah and it was a good time and uh, I I think that yes I'm with with Brendan on this one those first two still better than this and then probably this one and the others are just action flicks I, I, saw, yeah. kind of yeah. I the, the third games.
1: one and I was like oh boy and I just turned it <laughs> off <laughs>
2: but i'll watch him just cuz it's got the it's got the name on it and it's got umbrella and i don't care i just want to see zombies and umbrella do some evil and somebody save the day so that was it was an easy low bar for me on those movies
0: do you guys think this movie's going to get a sequel
4: it made money i i kind of hope it does
1: i hope it does and i hope that they listen to the if you go on youtube and look at reviews for this there's a lot of yeah. Uh, critiques no. about it and how they're like, okay, this is great that they stay to the source material, but as a movie, it's pretty bad. They need to do this, 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 and this. And hopefully, they look at some of that stuff for us. Se- I know he's, I saw a blurb saying that for the sequel, he wants to combine Code Veronica and Resident Stop Evil.
0: Stop combining four. Stop.
1: Right. <laughs> I think that's too much. Code like-
2: <laughs> Veronica is way too thick to right. combine.
1: That's what she said. Also, Resident <laughs> Evil four. So, Yeah, we'll see what he does there, hopefully. But, I mean, they will probably make a sequel. Will they give him
0: a budget that'll make it better? I'd hope so, but... I mean, they're going to have to keep the same cast, unfortunately. I mean, I guess they don't have to, but, I mean, I don't know. So, do you guys want... Like, unless you guys don't have anything else to cover, do you guys want to get into final thoughts and
4: rating? There was one other thing I wanted to say about the Paul W.S. Anderson ones. The only shining light about the the last few or the one I I think it was Apocalypse and Extinction. Um they had Oded Fair in it, and he's just oh, he was absolutely great. he's brilliant in anything yeah. he does. Yeah. Um yeah. he was probably the only shining light in the later ones, I would say. Fair enough.
2: Mila is always having a good
0: time. She was, yes. she's she's yeah. worth watching just because she's just fun. Well, we're going to start with Mitch. What are your final thoughts and red room rating of Resident Evil? Welcome to Raccoon City. I'm going to say if you're a Resident Evil fan, get out there and
2: watch it. Like I said, I haven't purchased it yet. I am going to uh, because if you put that title on something, I'm a sucker for it. And uh, if you're a horror fan or a zombie fan, you might take a pass if you're not familiar with the source material. Uh, I'm going to give it
0: a 64. 64% lower D. All right, Hop, what are your final thoughts and rating? Uh, we're going percentage, letter grade. How do you guys? We're going percentage.
1: Percentage. Uh, again, like I've, said in the beginning, I can really only recommend this to fans of the game series, longtime fans, or even new fans that have played through the remakes recently that love Resident Evil. Definitely worth a watch. I don't think it's worth a own. I would say rent it or wait for it to come onto your favorite streaming platform of choice. Um, I'm going to rate it like... Let's give it a bare minimum C, 70%. 70%. Sense. yeah
0: i'm old
4: hopster okay
0: brendan final thoughts for review uh
4: so just to reiterate what you actually said earlier kyle where you tried to watch the movie and detach your fandom from it as someone who appreciates resident evil but isn't you know i'm not the most familiar with it it was very difficult to separate the film from the constant barrage of references um but I'm gonna give it an extra five points because of uh Neil McDonough's piercing blue eyes. Um, so I will give it a 65.
0: 65 versus aim here. All right. Um, I enjoyed the movie. It was entertaining. I'm glad I own it being a Resident Evil fan. It's nice to have it alongside my other Resident Evil films that are the animated movies or the CG movies. Um I, I again with mitch i don't or i mean with hop I don't think I would purchase it if I wasn't a Resident Evil fan but but I could recommend a viewing if you're just into action horror stuff uh overall I enjoyed it more than I thought, but it was a worse made movie than I thought it was going to be unfortunately. I'm gonna give this movie a solid sixty percent that being said me a uh, official red room score of resident evil welcome to raccoon city is 64 percent so it's got like a low d and i would say that's a good rating for a resident yeah. evil fan i would even go lower for a casual but um that is the final score so we're going to end every episode how we do With your favorite game. Yes. Is it fresh? Is it rotten? I don't know. Is it fresh? The game where my co-hosts and guests guess the percentage of a film based on the description that I read. If they guess if the movie is fresh or rotten, they get uh, moved on to the next question where they guess the percentage, and if it's within 7%. They get a second point. So, Hop, Mitch, I know you know. <laughs> I know you're well aware, based off the editing, that <laughs> you know how this goes. But, Hop, so I'm going to read a description. And the Rotten Tomato Meter is if it's 60% above, it's fresh. If it's 59 or below, it's rotten. So you have to guess if it's fresh or rotten based on the description, Okay. Okay. And
4: it's 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 game. It's the audience (laughs) score.
0: And we're going off the audience score of Rotten Tomatoes. And then if you get that correct if it's fresh or rotten, you have to guess the percentage within seven percent. Then you get a second point. So, fellas, are you ready? Sure. I'm ready. Are
4: are they playing on Ian's behalf?
0: No, they are on the board now at this point. Oh, okay. Number one. Four teenage divers discover that the sunken ruins of a Mayan city are also a hunting ground for deadly great white sharks. With their air supply steadily dwindling, the frightened girls must navigate the underwater labyrinth of claustrophobic caves and eerie tunnels in search of a way out of their watery hell. Is it fresh or is it rotten? Uh, ooh. I'm gonna say rotten.
4: Yeah, I have no clue what this is.
0: Genre is horror, mystery, thriller.
3: Say fresh. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go rotten.
0: Mitch gets the point. It is in fact fresh. Guess the percentage. (laughs) Sixty-seven percent. Wow. It is sixty-eight percent. (laughs) Yeah, thousand plus ratings. Directed by your boy Johans Roberts, the director of this film. It is forty-seven meters down, uncaged. The twenty-nineteen film. Oh, Oh. Mish starts his debut with two points off the bat. He's already tied with Ian. (laughs) 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 I love it. Hear that two
4: e's? I'm I'm sweating over here.
0: All right. <clears throat> it just coming for you, dude. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> number two. <laughs> I can't believe Ian's already tied with Mitch. All right. Number two. Something is causing the dead to rise from their graves as flesh-eating zombies, and Cemetery Custodian grows tired of killing them all for the second time. However, the town politicians won't listen to him, so he is on his own. One day, he falls for a beautiful woman whose husband has recently died, but their affair is tragically interrupted by zombies, sending him into a tailspin of madness and woe. Is it fresh or is it rotten? Fresh.
3: You're stumping me today. Is it fresh? Is it rotten?
4: I don't know. Is it Uh, fresh? I'm going to have to say fresh.
2: I'm going to go fresh as well.
4: It is, in fact, fresh. You
0: are all awarded a point.
4: Guess the percentage.
2: 75%.
4: I was going to go 72. Now, with this,
2: if everyone is within that seven-point swing, everybody gets the extra point, or whoever's closest gets the point?
0: Everyone receives an extra point. 70. You all are awarded the point. It is 78% with 5,000-plus ratings. Genre horror directed by Michel Suavey. Uh, so so Highest-rated film is Fulci for Fake 2019. It is the 1995 film Cemetery Man. Uh,
4: Never heard of it.
0: Yeah, me neither. <laughs> heard of it, didn't see it. <laughs> you guys all have two. Okay. Number three. After spending all the reward money... From his first encounter with the giant man-eating worms called Graboids, Earl agrees to hunt more of the deadly creatures at a Mexican oil refinery for $50,000 each. Knowing that he cannot face the monsters alone, Earl recruits recruits, Jesus Bert, another veteran of the incident in Nevada, to supply the firepower. There is only one problem. The graboids have now evolved to attack above ground. Is it fresh or is it rotten? I'll go rotten.
4: Yep, it's definitely. This was just covered on Dead Meat, actually. Uh, I'm going to go. If it's the
1: series I'm thinking of, I'm going to go rotten too, because only the yeah. first one is great.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, it's rotten.
0: <laughs> it is, in fact, rotten. You all are awarded a point. Guess the percentage 51.
3: Uh, Forty-three. (laughs) Forty-five.
4: You guys all are awarded a second point.
0: (laughs) Uh, Guess. Oh, sorry. I'm distracted by the fact that you all are beating Ian already. (laughs) Uh, You guys all get awarded the second point. It is 46% with 50K plus ratings. It is directed by SS Wilson. It is Tremors 2 Aftershocks. Yeah, which was really (laughs) bad. Okay. Graboids. Graboids. Number four. Sir Robert is behind schedule on a railroad in Africa, enlisting noted engineer Patterson to right the ship. He expects results. Everything seems great until the crew discovers the mutilated corpse of the project's foreman, seemingly killed by a lion. After several more attacks, Patterson calls in famed hunter Charles Remington, who has finally
4: met his match
0: in the Bloodthirsty Lions. Is it fresh or is it
3: rotten? Fresh? It sounds interesting. I'm going to go with with Brendan on this one. Fresh.
0: (sighs) I'm going to go rotten. I don't even know what this is. It is, is in fact, fresh. Ah! Mitch and Brendan,
4: guess the percentage.
0: Thanks, New Blood.
4: (laughs) Uh, I'm going to ride the line and say 60.
0: 65. You guys are both incorrect. It is at 75% with 50K plus ratings. Genre, adventure, drama, thriller. Directed by Stephen Hopkins. It is the 1996 film The Ghost and the Darkness
3: actually has no. a stacked
0: cast, if you look it up. Yeah. Stacked cast. Okay. So, Brendan, Mitch, four, hop, three. The final question. A Chinese restaurant worker wanted for murder in Hong Kong contracts Ebola in South Africa. He becomes immune to it and unknowingly spreads the virus there, then comes back to Hong Kong and continues to infect people with it. Is it fresh or is it rotten?
4: fresh i want to say fresh but it sounds terrible (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna say rotten
3: uh fresh it is in fact fresh guess
0: the percentage 68 70 <laughs> uh, you guys are both correct. It is, in fact, 69%. Oh, right, right nice. in the there, yeah. maybe, With 500 plus ratings. Genre, mystery, thriller, horror, directed by Herman Yao. His highest rated film is Shockwave 2. It is the 1996 film Ebola Syndrome. I heard of it, never saw it. So, this week's winner is, in fact, Mitch. He is now on the board with one point. So, we will continue to go throughout the year. And at the end of 2022, there will be a reward for the winner. If I and, get to be uh, on one more episode, then I can beat in.: I was going to say, you're the <laughs> only one behind him at this point. And he's done a lot more episodes. So. All right. That being said... This has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Room, the Jill Sandwich of the Ruminations Radio <laughs> Network. If you like what we're doing here, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ruminations of Red Room and on Twitter at ofredroom. That's OF Red Room. And please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. and Make sure you hit us up with a review and give us a rating. That being said, I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. And today we have my two very special guests, one of which is Mitch thank you and hop thank you it's been a lot of fun
4: and the new blood since uh ian's not here to say it uh hope you have a terrible day and hi to mike from alaska and to my mother hi mom. hi Brendan's
0: mom what's up stay spooky folks
2: You've been listening to another fine, fine podcast on the Rumination Radio Network. This is Game Agent E.T. from Oh
4: God, It Hurts!
2: And we hope you keep on listening to our fine, fine podcast here on
3: ruminationsradionetwork.com.